Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, summer is winding down here rapidly. Not the heat, though. <laughs> Not the heat, yes. <laughs> Muggy. It's the, yeah. heat, the heat's calmed down a little bit. Man, yeah. the mugginess is unbelievable. It's been the most yeah. humid uh, we've, I remember. We've had a lot of rain. I mean, we've had a lot. Not in a drought anymore. A lot of rain. We were, yeah, I, I track humidity and you know temperature at home, and yeah. man, the heat index has been the highest it's been that I ever remember. Is that what happened know? to your hair? Is that what's all like fluffy? It must be. Bit? Yeah, that's that and getting <laughs> Tammy old. Tammy tells me that she's like, yeah, right. this humidity is killing my hair. You it's know. killing me, killing me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we got some fun things in sports. You know, I mean, too is Kevin Kisner. You know, won the uh, yeah Wyndham local championship. guy. Congrats. That's that was great. Fantastic. Right out of Aiken there, won that six player playoff. That's yeah. like the biggest playoff I've ever. Seen. And he was 0 for 5 in playoffs, and he made a comment before he started the, the playoff. He's like, there's six people. I'm probably not going to win this My one either. chances aren't good. Yeah. Congratulations to him. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that was great. And then we had this uh, guy that pitched a no-hitter, rookie no-hitter for the Diamondbacks this past week, um, Tyler Gilbert, I yes, think it was. Yep. Uh, well, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, a rookie pitcher pitching a no-hitter. What are you going to do for an encore from that? That's I mean, that is amazing. pretty hard to top that. Yeah. yeah. So some fun things going on in sports. Yeah. Um, and we got football coming up. I oh. mean, not not long now. I don't know. I can't. I was yeah. like beginning of September. Yeah, the high school start next week, next Friday, a week from Friday, and then um, wow. <clears throat> and then the college starts the week after that. So um, okay. unfortunately, Carolina's starting quarterback is out. You know, we just have oh, bad luck. Man, you do have bad luck. I mean, you know, we we're going to be have a challenged team anyway, and then taking our starting quarterback out. You know. Yeah. All right. Well. <clears throat> but, yeah. Uh, another excuse. I know. Start I'm already. Starting, you know. <laughs> Got to line them up. At Clemson. I mean, we're playing Georgia right out of the bat. Yeah, that'll so. be fun. <laughs> so, that'll be fun. That's it's going to be brutal. Somebody's going to get, get their butt kicked. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to see. So, uh, but man, we have a great show lined up this week. You know, we're going to start off talking about the seven key questions for a great retirement. Um, you know, they, whenever you're planning for retirement, there are just some questions you have to ask yourself and you have to answer these or else you're not ready, mm -hmm. you know? So then these are just key questions. So, you know, if you're not there yet, I mean, you definitely want to pay attention to these questions. These are key. Yeah, and then we're going to follow up with a, an in interesting uh, discussion on moving. Um, Steve, one of the stats that I was shocked at is the average number of moves in a lifetime for an American is is 12. Yeah, I was I'd, shocked. I saw that number. I thought, man, I mean, I've I've only had like three or something. Yeah, I don't know if they're life. including college or not. I, I, that just seemed like a lot to me. Um, but yeah. so if you are moving or plan to move, there's four mistakes that people make. So we're going to cover those four mistakes. Make sure that you're not doing one of those four. There's some surprises out there when you move that you need to make sure that you're uh, checking into. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, this has been the year for moving too, hasn't yes. it? I mean, my goodness, no so doubt. many people have been migrating, you know, relocating. So uh, that'll be very interesting. So um Pay attention to that. And by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 26 years of planning um, experience and uh, investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 29 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. You can listen to the podcast uh, from this week, or you can uh, certainly download it to your iPhone or, or Android. We also have, you have access to all the other podcasts, a lot of other tools out on the website, 
And um, uh, we also have a uh, MoneyMD Facebook page that we put a prescription of the week out as well. Exactly. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. You can link to us there. You can send us your questions. Um, we'll talk about those right here on the show. Um, but we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the Retirement Research uh, Center at Boston College. And Steve, it talks about um, really, uh, you know, health care specifically nursing home care for uh, U.S. retirees. And about one out of eight retirees spend at least four years in a nursing home. So, you know, when we do retirement planning, that's certainly part of the discussion. Um, there's different sure. ways to pay for nursing home care, um, long-term care insurance. Some people have pensions and Social Security and enough investments to be self-insured. So it's a little different for each person, but you certainly need to, you know, factor that in, make sure you have a plan in case you're one of those eight people, four years is a long time. Um, it is. It's longer than I would have expected. I thought maybe two years. I'd heard yeah, two year numbers. I've seen two and a half in the past, but, but four yeah. is long time. Yeah, twelve percent of retirees will eventually spend a long time. Yeah, and you know what we do see is a lot of folks. Um, you know, some folks we work with have the resources to pay for nursing home care. I mean, you know, independent sure. living facilities around here are fifty grand. As you start getting up into memory care, it gets into the seventy to eighty thousand dollar range. So, um, you know, it depends on the resources that you have, but it's something you certainly need to to do some ask some questions on. Yeah, you need to do some planning around that, and just consider just have a contingency plan of what you would do if you were in that situation, and um, you know, and you might spend down your assets and qualify for Medicaid. Yep. you know, a lot of people are. Or to do that, um, and, but if you want to preserve your assets, then you might need to have insurance or, or some other plan in place to uh, get the care you need. So great fact of the week. And that brings us up here to our first topic, and that is the seven key questions for a great retirement Um yeah, John, I mean, most people dream about retirement, you know, almost the moment they enter the job market, yeah. you know, they start thinking about the day they'll be able to quit getting up at five in the morning or whatever it is and uh, be able to really set their own schedule and relax, you know, I mean, but yeah, it's a day most of us think about for decades and, and one that most people are never fully prepared for. And for those that have put in the long years and of hard work, for the end to finally be in sight, you know, that temptation to rush the process and retire early is often pretty strong. I mean, we see people that want to move it up a year or two, you know, and some people can pull it off, um, you know, and, and even retire early without too much trouble. But, you know, anybody who's considering retirement really needs to take the time to think through the decision, especially if it's early, you know, if it's before age 65, there are just some questions you have to ask yourself and make sure that you're ready for. Um, and there are three main categories of questions you need to consider. You know, those relating to your current financial state, of course, um, those that will help you foresee your financial issues that will be on the horizon, and those that address what retirement will really mean for your lifestyle. Um, of course, whether or not, you know, early retire or just retirement in general is feasible for you, you know, has a lot to do with your current financial state of affairs. So before you make a decision <clears throat> as big as retiring, um, you need to do a thorough analysis of how much you really have, how much you're going to need in retirement. Um, and it's probably worthwhile to talk to your accountant um, or a financial advisor to get, you know, a more complete picture of your readiness. Um, and it's critical to have a written plan, but you should start by asking yourself 
these questions. So we're going to go through these seven questions that yeah. I think are key. Yeah, and the first one is is uh, really critical. Maybe the most important question is is how much do you spend now, and then how much are you going to need in retirement? So if you haven't done a budget, if you have a budget, you're you're going to be able to figure this out pretty quickly. But if you don't have a budget, you need to take time to go back and review your expenses. You can look at your credit card records, your bank statements, and add up what you're typically spending. Um, and then I would break that into two categories, discretionary and, and non-discretionary. So non-discretionary would be like utilities. Discretionary would be like trips. So you need to know kind of what you really need right. uh, in order to do that. So many, many people find that um, you know they save money um, after retirement um, because they're not buying you know professional clothes. There's less transportation cost. Um, you know, you're not paying into Social Security or 401ks uh, anymore. So most planners suggest about 70 to 80 percent of your pre-retirement budget uh, is a is a good uh, targeted number. But that number, you know, changes based on your hobbies and activities and so forth. Um, obviously, if you don't have a mortgage payment, which we like to, to get rid of for folks going into retirement, that's going to help as well. Yeah, that's right. That general rule of thumb doesn't really take into account, you know, your specific habits and, you know, some households spend, you know, actually more after retirement. Some do. Um, so you just don't know. I mean, you got to you got to you got to go through the numbers to really know. And if most of your current expenses um, are those that you'll be maintained throughout retirement, for example, if you aim to continue dressing, you know, the same way or eating out as much, um, then there may not be a big difference between your basic expenses. Um, so this is where an analysis really pays off. So don't just, you know, look at the amount you spend each month, analyze those expenses and just don't just guess at it. Um, you really need to sit down, go through it and, and, and really look at each expense and determine whether or not those will continue in retirement. And then you need to practice a living within that budget for at least a few months to see, you know, if it's if you find it challenging, um, if it's feasible for you. Um, that'll give you the clearest picture of what to expect your cost to be after you retire is really practicing it, you know, before retirement. Sure. Yep. <clears throat> so that's the first question. How much do you spend? Next question is how much have you saved? You know, how much do you have available for retirement? And this is, you know, a pretty simple math for most people. Um, you know, how much do you have saved that are that are that are going to be available? How much is in your 401k? How much is in your retirement plans? How much do you have in cash? How much do you have in all your accounts that are going to be available um, that you've saved in terms of actual um, investments? You know, and, and then how much do you have in, in savings accounts as well, you know, for emergency funds and those kinds of things? Um, but that's a really key question. Yeah, in addition to what you've saved, you also need to uh, to look at the the benefits, uh, Social Security, and and pension if you have one. So if you're you know one of the, the the lucky individuals that still has a pension, you need to get that estimate and look at that. And then there's joint and survivor options that you're going to have to choose and so forth. Um, so that's a piece of the um, income equation. And then also looking at Social Security as well. You can start taking Social Security at age 62. Um, but you're going to be about 30% less than if you waited until 67, which is deemed the normal retirement age. And uh, if you wait till age 70, um, that's going to be the largest amount. We don't have a lot of people wait until age 70, but you've got to figure out the Social Security. If you can hold off on Social Security and use other funds, uh, that may be a good solution um, for you. But we do run into people that 
you know, they want to take the money sooner um, because they want to spend it. Um, maybe the health in their their family history is not good. So it's a personal decision, certainly. And there's some financial, you know, calculations that we help with in that. But you've got to nail that down for the plan. You've got to know your pension amount and your Social Security amount as well. Yeah, and don't guess at those numbers. I would just, just add that, you know, you need to go on the Social Security website, yeah. ssa.gov. Yeah. Get an actual benefit statement that shows all your earnings history and shows a real number so you know what you're working with. Do the same thing for your pension. You know, go and model your pension. Most pension websites will let you actually model it based on your actual earnings. And, uh, yeah, and then you got some real numbers to work with because those are going to be critical numbers. Um, so the next one here, though, John, is, you know, will you still have debt in retirement? You know, hopefully the answer to that is no. Um, but if you will then you'll need to, to account for those payments and have a plan uh, to at least have everything besides your mortgage paid off before retirement. The good news is that if you're on path to having your mortgage or any other debt paid off within a short period of time, then that ex- you know is an expense that you won't need in your budget for retirement. I mean, otherwise, you, you might need to rethink retirement or at least make sure you have a solid plan for covering that payment long term in retirement but that's a that's a key question is you know how well will you have any debt in retirement and what will it be what will the payments be next question is what health care expenses will you have you know once you reach age 65 <clears throat> then you're likely going to go on medicare and uh you know those expenses are pretty predictable i mean part a is free right so part b is the physician part that that cost is around one hundred forty eight dollars and fifty cents a month for most people currently, um, depending on your income level. Most people fall on that that premium level for this year. Um, it might also make sense though to purchase Part D, which is a prescription drug plan that typically runs twenty to fifty dollars a month, depending on you know what level of coverage you got. Um, so you need to go on the Medicare.gov website and you need to get, put in all your prescriptions and you know, determine whether or not you're going to need a Part D plan and if it would make sense to get that. But that's a great way to round out your plan. But then also there's Medicare supplements, you know, um, and many people buy a Medicare supplement uh, to cover all the deductibles for Medicare. Um, and the big deductible is the 20% copay um, for Part, I guess it's Part A, mm-hmm. Um because, you know, there's no cap on that copay. And so 20% of a $100,000 bill is $20,000. Big number. You know, most people can't afford that. So yeah. you, you need to have a supplement to cover those to cover those deductibles. That usually runs $200, $300 a month, somewhere in that range um, for most seniors. So you can expect to cover, you know, you pretty much could cover everything for under $500 a month, you know, unless you have some other significant prescription drug cost that's not covered by Medicare. So for most seniors, you know, if you're budgeting a thousand dollars a month for medical, then, you know, that that would well cover it, you know, with Medicare and a supplement. Um, Currently, for most seniors come under that number. um, And it may be significantly less if you don't need a a big supplement. Of course, you know, if you're retiring before age 65, then you're going to need a plan to cover medical costs until Medicare kicks in. Um, buying one on the open market can be very expensive, so you want to make sure you have a plan for how medical is going to be covered prior to age 65 if you retiring early. Oftentimes, you know, one spouse will have covers, coverage that continues or can be purchased through an employer um, for both spouses, and that, that would be a, a really good option. 
Um, perhaps, um, you know, one of the sharing plans like MetaShare might be an option. If you don't have any significant pre-existing conditions, we see some retirees do that. Um, and you might also qualify for the federal stipend and buy insurance on the open marketplace if your adjusted gross income will be low enough to do that. Um, it's around 65000 um, for adjusted gross income for a married couple and under that would qualify for a stipend in that general range. So you need to look at that if that's going to be your situation. But regardless of how you cover that gap, you know, that piece in retirement is absolutely critical. you got to have a plan for medical. Yeah, if you don't, you shouldn't retire because exactly. that can be a big, big number. Uh, another question here that you, you got to ask in retirement is where are you going to live? Um, are you going to move? You know, that's that's a big question. And we'll cover this in detail in the next topic. But there's a reason why Florida has a reputation for attracting retirees. Uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for, for nicer weather. There's a lot of nature, um, a lot of cultural activities as well. So if you know that you want to stay in your, your same house um, for as long as possible, then it obviously simplifies your calculations. But if you've been looking to maybe move to a greener pasture closer to kids or family, um, you've got to make sure you've done the research on the cost of living and the real estate. And again, we're going to dive into this topic quite a bit in the next section. But um, regardless of where you land, that is a, a factor that you have to understand going into retirement. Yeah, that's right, John. And the last um, question you need to ask yourself really is on the more emotional, you know, personal aspects of retirement. And that is, what are you going to do with your time? You know, um, at first, you may be content just to sleep in late, right? Catch up on your TV shows. But, you know, at some point, you're going to fill your days with something that feels more fulfilling. Um, you know, are those hobbies that you've been wanting to try, you know, classes you want to take? Do you want to volunteer? work that you want to pursue, um, but consider in advance how you're going to spend your days once you're available to do, you know, anything you want to pursue. And you may want to find, you may find that you simply want to spend time with your family or try things that, that cost a lot. Um, you're going to try things that cost out a lot, you know, and you're, you may even want to work part time. Um, but what you do with your time not only affects your happiness, but it's a big factor in determining you know, how much you're going to need in retirement. So answer these questions, these seven questions prior to retirement, because those are the building blocks for a great retirement plan. So, Good. all right. Good discussion. There you go. Good discussion. That leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah. So um, the question has to do with RMDs. It's uh, required minimum distribution. Um, the IRS makes you take out a certain percentage of the ending balance from the previous year. So as an example, let's say you had 100000 in an IRA. Um, the, the percentage is roughly 4%. We'll use that for easy easy math. So you'd have to take out $4,000. And and the question is, is what are my choices? What can I do with that RMD? Is there any way to, to not be taxed on it? So you really have three choices. Um, one of them is to actually take it and spend it, right? You We, yep. we send <clears throat> it to your checking account. You pay a little bit of a tax bill on there to settle up with the IRS and you can go and spend it as part of your budget, right? Some people right. do that. Absolutely. Uh, another option is, is if you don't need to spend it, you can put it into a brokerage account yeah. and um, let it continue it. to grow. Uh, you're still going to pay taxes on it, but you can put it into a different type of account and grow. And I'll let you talk about the third third option, the yeah, QCD. Third option is the qualified charitable distribution. Um, yeah, I love this option, John. I mean, this is, you know, giving it to a charity. You know, if you're already charitably inclined and you're giving a lot of money maybe to your church or to some, you know, charity that you are passionate about, um, if you give your RMD directly to the charity, then it's like you getting the tax deduction for that. 
And most retirees don't qualify for itemized deductions because the standard deduction now is so high. It's $25,100 for a married couple. Most people don't get over that number. So if you give your RMD directly to a charity, it's like you're getting a deduction for that and you're getting the standard deduction. So it's kind of a double deduction, you know. Um, so it's a great option. So if you're charitably inclined, consider giving that RMD directly to a charity. You actually can give up to $100,000 a yeah, year right. directly to charity as a QCD, as a qualified charitable distribution. So great question of the week. All right. And that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is uh, a migrating nation. You know, I mean, uh, the, I guess it's the things to consider um, when you're moving. When you're moving. Yeah. Yeah. This comes from the uh, Charles Schwab organization. Very very good and timely article. And, and Steve, we see Americans are, are pulling up stakes really at record levels. Um, and a lot of times, you know, today it's motivated by a shift to remote work, which means, you know, you're not in a, in a physical building. And that really went from the exception to the rule over the past year to being normal. So some 14 to 23 million. So, and to, to that, the rising cost of, of living in a lot of the major cities and the heightened risk of um, you know, uh, just a lot of people coming into one area, you've got to understand the different costs associated with, um, with moving. So regardless of your reasons for moving, it, it, it pays to do some, some planning when you do that. So moving obviously is stressful enough without encountering some hidden costs. So it's really important that you do your due diligence. So there's, there's four mistakes, common mistakes that we see, um, to, uh, to avoid. So you want to make sure that you, you do your research and don't make these mistakes. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the first one is understanding housing costs. Um, yeah, I mean, housing costs are going to be, you know, a core component to anybody's budget. I mean, it's easy enough to plan for your monthly mortgage payment and rent, of course, um, which is generally fixed. But, you know, but but smaller and more variable housing expenses can really add up. In particular, you know, there, there are some that you really need to pay attention to. Um, and the first one's homeowner's insurance. You know, with any type of insurance premiums, I mean, they're going to vary widely by company. And uh, so it's good to get multiple quotes before you commit. Um, you need to ask your agent to kind of walk you through each element of that um, to understand what you're paying for. Make sure you're not paying for coverage that you don't need or don't want. But, yeah, homeowner's insurance is the first one. Yeah, the second <clears throat> one is supplemental insurance. So you got to make sure that you don't have flood insurance. Um, there's another type of insurance. It's called wildlife urban uh, interface um, zone insurance, and basically, it's areas at the edge of um, you know development. <clears throat> excuse me, that's uh, at risk for wildfires. So obviously, Steve, this is wow. out in the uh, West Coast and um, something that you need to make sure you're aware of. Yeah, that's exactly right. So property taxes is another thing that that uh, surprised people. I had a um, client that's moving out to Texas. <clears throat> and they were looking at buying um, a home and they went through the re and did the research on it. And Steve, the property taxes were almost as much as the mortgage was going to be. It's, it's crazy in some states, particularly the tax free states like like Texas, Texas. It can be really high. Yeah. So you've got to understand the property taxes. Mm -hmm. So they ended up um, they were going out there on a short term um, uh, opportunity assignment, if you will. And so they're going to rent because someone else is paying that property tax. There so you go. make sure you understand property taxes and then utilities as well. I mean, you look at electricity, natural gas, you know, internet, sewer, uh, water and so forth. You've got to make sure you understand what, what those costs are. And, you know, if you look at those together, you know, they can easily, the, the housing costs that we just mentioned can easily account for more than half of your total housing budget. So, you know, ideally you really want to be in the, the 28% uh, or 30% towards your housing cost. 
So you got to be really careful with that. Number one, there's a lot of underestimating going on in housing cost. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, when you're buying a house, it, it's a lot more expensive, right? Because <laughs> the market is super hot. So you want to make sure you're going to be able to buy the house you're looking for and be happy with it before you you pull up stakes and, and decide to move. And underestimating taxes is the next big mistake, John, um, because as you mentioned about property taxes, I mean, tax consequences of moving can be very significant, especially if you're switching states. I mean, for instance, you know, you may still be on the hook for income and payroll taxes um, and property taxes in your previous state, particularly if you maintain a home or business there. Um and so employees that are working outside of their employer's state can also be subject to dual taxation, um, perhaps permanently. So you just don't know how that's going to pan out. I mean, New York, for one, requires remote workers of companies that are based in the state. If the company's based in the state, they require you to pay income tax in New York, even if you live elsewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to be careful there. You know, I mean, every, every state pretty much says if you're working in that state, you do have to pay taxes there, even if you live across the line somewhere, like just like here in Georgia. But uh, but some states say even if the company's located there. So, you know, so work with the tax advisor to determine whether or not you'll you'll need to withhold taxes and pay estimated taxes in multiple states, as well as, you know, your employer's payroll office. Um, to make sure you're handling necessary paperwork and you plan for the taxes. Yeah, and we just talked about the um, the the uh, no um, income tax um, states. Um, you yeah. know, you have Florida is local. You know, kind of local Tennessee, Texas. We hear about a lot of people wanting to move there, but you know, there's there's other taxes. If they're not getting income taxes, they're going to get it from another place, right? That's right. Um, so you know, you've got to um, you've got to make sure that you you understand the tax piece of this. Um, also, Social Security um, in some states is actually taxed. Uh, it's not in Georgia or South Carolina, but understand um, you know what the Social Security tax taxability is. So, For mistake sure. number three is under underestimating the cost of living. And Steve, there's a lot of different costs that you have to look at. I'll let you. You, you kind of dive into that, but child care can be a big one. Yeah, child care for working parents, you know, is a big deal, obviously. And the cost of full-time daycare, I mean, can, you know, rival mortgage payment. And so that said, I mean, you got some options. So you need to look at, you know, in-home daycare could be more affordable than a full-service preschool. Um, and both may be less expensive than a nanny. So you just need to consider all the different options there when it comes to child care. Another one's health care. You know, if your employer offers health insurance, medical expenses may be less of a consideration for you. Um, but like everything else, I mean, costs vary dramatically and they can change, you know, every single year. So retirees will want to make sure that you pay attention to the cost and the quality of of medical care wherever you're moving. Um, and if you're working, of course, you, you got to make you got to have a plan for medical care wherever you go. And then transportation, you know, beyond the cost of gasoline can vary uh, a lot as well. You know, a dollar per gallon, you know, depending on what state you live in and where you live. And some states like California may also require you to pay a one-time sales tax on vehicles that are purchased out of the state within a year. Hmm. That's a gotcha. You know, I've seen that happen before where it was a big bill because you bought an expensive car and then you moved within a year to California. So yeah. be really careful about, you know, all these different costs, including transportation. Yeah. And then the last mistake here is just overestimating the job prospects. So most people, when they move, they have a job lined up. and um, But you got to look at the, the marketplace. If, if you are going to a physical building, if it's the only or the major employer in that area, 
what happens if your company downsizes or, or you know, you decide to change your career path? So just kind of looking into the future a little bit, that's more of a, a softer type question. The other ones are a little bit more, you know, black and white when you start looking at budgets. But a lot of people are moving, Steve. Gosh, we see so many people that, yep. um, uh, you know, are coming here and also moving out of the area. So it's, it's something you want to spend some time on. Yeah, there's a lot of hidden costs there. You just need to consider all the different ins and outs of moving and what the expenses will be. But um, a lot of details there, so good topic. And that leads us up here to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, so this has been a um, dichotomy for the economy the last year and a half, really, because there have been some industries that have been devastated. You look at restaurants and travel and Mm -hmm. so forth. But, Steve, there are some industries that have just killed it. They I mean, have. Real, at, real estate. And I mean, construction. Is, construction. Yeah. Yep. So if you're in that, you know, and I, we talked to a lot of folks out there that have done uh, on both sides. They've, some of them have struggled, but some of them have done very, very well. And the, yep. the advice is while you're doing so well, put extra back because this yeah. boom is not going to continue forever. That's right. There will be a downturn in construction and housing. I, we can't tell you when. <laughs> But right. these things do level out. So um, the 2008, really, if you weren't prepared for 2008, um, it, it, it wiped a lot of people out. So while things are going well in your business, set some aside for a rainy day. And that's even above the emergency fund that we talk about. Um, some businesses are up 200, 300, 500 percent. So this is an opportunity to step back and, and prepare for the future. Yeah, and I'd add to that. And, you know, I mean, it's a great time to pay down debt. You know, yes. I sat down with clients just the other day that had done extraordinarily well over the past year or so due to the pandemic and the boom in housing. And, you know, they were paying down debt like crazy. They just did a great job of applying it straight toward debt yep. and positioning themselves really well, getting themselves back on track for retirement um, as a result of that. So, yeah, use it for something good long term. You know, fund your Roth IRAs. Um, you know, build up that emergency fund. Don't let that money just slip through your fingers because you had a couple good years because there will be lean times mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. we know the economy does change. But, uh, yeah, that's a great prescription of the week. OK, and that leads us to the conclusion of this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us out on our website, moneymd.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can link to us there. Send us your questions. Or you can give us a call here at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.